Are you ready to take lead in your life? Well, today's the day. Join us on Leadership to Wealth with your host, Neil D'Souza. And we're back um, with the uh, the Leadership to Wealth podcast and uh, with your host, Neil D'Souza. And my guest today, uh, Seth Ferguson, real estate professional, real estate investor, public speaker, author, podcaster, host of the Real Estate Simplified Show, hockey referee, and bagpiper. Thanks a lot, Seth. Let's, <laughs> yeah. let's get into it. Okay, so... There's so many different uh, roads that we could go down here, um, but we we kind of left off with you were talking about um, you know how you jumped into podcasting, and I've gotten a world of people asking me about this this thing of podcasting. How do you get into it? What should you do? Why should you do it? And you know, if someone was to come to you and say, "Hey, I'm thinking about starting a podcast," where where do you start? What do you do? Oh, well, I, I think that the first thing you have to ask yourself is why would somebody want to listen? Mm. Right? Because, you know, you're, there's no point in putting out a product there that nobody wants to buy. And with podcasts, like they're not buying it, but they're downloading it. Yeah. Why would somebody take the effort to seek out my podcast and listen for half an hour or an hour of their time? Um, what am I giving them value? So, you know, what am I, what am I offering uh, by doing this show? Uh, and, you know, there, there's millions of podcasts out there. Um, everybody has their, can find their own niche. Mm -hmm. uh, the one thing I would suggest for people uh, trying to find a theme or a niche for the podcast is instead of going too wide, actually go more towards the more narrow, like really niche down mm -hmm. uh, to start off because that will, you know, it's all about pinpointing your target market. Like if you can speak to a small group of people exceptionally well, that's much more impactful than speaking to a wide audience, uh, you know, in a mediocre fashion. Mm -hmm. um, so re really focus on, on niching down, but then like, it's not rocket science. Like you, you get a microphone, you start having guests, your first, let's say 10 episodes, you're going to be a steep learning curve. Um, but it, you know, podcasting is like everything else you learn by doing. So you just have mm -hmm. to do it. Um, and you know, when you're on episode number 200, it's only your hardcore fans that are going to go back and listen to episode one. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. So don't worry about it. And you know, for me, I hate watching myself on TV. I can't do it. I, I can't listen to myself. It drives me nuts. So I don't even <laughs> listen to my past episodes. I just forge on ahead. Okay. So, so then you don't, you don't edit your shows or do you have someone else editing them? Yeah. So, so I, I have, uh, I have a guy who, who does all the editing and, and you got a guy. Stuff. Okay. Yeah. And that, that, well, at the start I would edit the show. Yeah. Uh, but because I, I hated listening to myself, I would fast forward through the, through the whole thing. So I didn't have to. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, but yeah, like don't, don't even, cause I, I found speaking with other podcasters when they first start, if you start listening to your past shows, you're going to get inside your own head and psych yourself out. You're going to start uh, thinking negative thoughts about what you're doing and how you should improve. Then when you're doing your next episode, you'll have all this negativity in your head. Don't even do it. Just focus on the next 
episode, don't worry about what's happened in the past. Because mm-hmm. the key with podcasting is you just have to move on to the next episode and the next episode. And before you know it, you'll be at 200, 300. Right. Uh, you know, I, I've, I've got a friend who has, you know, 2000 episodes. Wow. So it's, uh, you know, don't worry about the past. You know, especially if you're like me and you can't stand watching yourself or yeah. <laughs> anything like that. <laughs> so if someone wants to go down this journey of, of podcasting, what, um, what's down that road for people? Oh, well, I, as a host, I think you get a lot out of podcasting. Uh, number one, you get to have these conversations with people you would never have spoken with before. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so you're really expanding, you know, your, your viewpoints because everybody's going to have a slightly different take. You know, you can take with me, it's real estate investing. So you could take a hundred real estate investors and you will have, even though real estate investing is the theme, there's a hundred different ways you can slice and dice it. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so it really opens your eyes on how other people are tackling a problem or how they think about a certain way of do, doing things. Um, and also you get an appreciation Uh, for where people are coming from, you know, whether it's my story or somebody else's story, you, you, you really learn that everybody has to overcome a challenge at some point. Mm -hmm. Um, It's, you know, how they overcome that challenge. So you get a better appreciation for, I don't know, it sounds kind of cheesy, but like humanity as a whole um, Mm -hmm. and, and, you know, how, and and for, for me, I've definitely found a, a, a recurring theme in terms of one of the questions I always ask is, you know, uh, what are your real estate goals? Where are you looking to go in real estate? And I found that, you know, people will set a a small goal. So let's say I want to control $5 million of real estate, Mm -hmm. but then I'll have somebody else who sets a goal of, I want to control 500 million, both equally capable people. The Mm -hmm. person who sets the $5 million goal will hit it. And the person who sets the $500 million goal will hit it. it. It's just, the way they think sets themselves up differently because they have to tackle different problems and structure things a different way. Mm -hmm. You know, the the guys who I interview who control over a billion dollars of real estate running these billion dollar real estate empires, they're not smarter than me. They're not smarter than you. They just think bigger or think differently. That's all. Mm -hmm. Um, So, so I I think that's one of the biggest takeaways I've gotten as a host Mm -hmm. is, you know, you start seeing a theme. Um, you know, after you talk with, let's say a hundred people. Um, so, you know, obviously somebody goes on a podcast to get exposure and, and share their story, but I, I think the person who wins the most is you yeah. hosting the podcast <laughs> or, or me hosting the podcast. Yeah. Uh, it's uh, plus, you know, you expand, you know, there's business opportunities that present itself from networking. Mm-hmm. You become a connector of people, you know, after 200 and whatever episodes I've done, you know, if somebody comes to me with a, uh, with a proposition or a project, I can, I can go through my brain and say, yeah, actually so-and-so would might be interested in this. And now I can connect different people. And I think that elevates you in terms of the value you're able to provide now. Um, And I'm a big believer, the more value you provide, the more you will be rewarded monetarily. Yeah. Um, So that's, uh, yeah, that, I, I kind of wow. went off on a tangent. No, there, but. no, that's great. I mean, uh, what are where are they going to get? They're obviously going to be able to, a couple of things that I got, they're going to be able to speak with people, new people. They're going to be able to um, learn how people tackle problems. Um, that That's a huge one because 
we're only exposed to growing up. You're really exposed to your own family, you know, your parents, how they tackle problems. And, and not that's have... not necessarily the best way. <laughs> exactly. Right? So, exactly. Right. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, and then, and then how they tackle them, how people overcome uh, different challenges, right. How they brainstorm, how they uh, strategize to whether the, whether the problem is small or big. And, and in that, it was interesting what you said, whether someone has a $5 million aspiration goal or 500 million, you know, it's the same mind effectively, but you just have to tackle the problem differently. And then, and then of course the networking and business opportunities that come out of it are all things that you can't, you, you wouldn't even foresee. They just come out as a, uh, you know, part of the rewards program. Mm -hmm. absolutely yeah that avion wow. points or whatever yeah. you have yeah wow that's that's really powerful um you know obviously uh being so new in this podcasting space all of those things are really powerful uh and i'm definitely learning just about being able to speak with people like yourself that there's so much out there right um and just i'm really enjoying to hear how people think to hear how you give yourself a three-day a three-day window to uh wallow yeah pity yeah. party and then you know and then jump right back into things that even something like that um i was interestingly watching um a show on netflix with uh, michael jordan um i'm not getting any uh, money sponsorship money out of talking about this but he talked about um they if they lost they were allowed to uh you know they were allowed to have a pity party for the night and then show up back the next day ready to work and uh yeah that that's pretty amazing um okay so you know podcasting the, obviously there's probably tons of questions that people would have with regards to you know how do i set up uh this that and the other you can youtube those things and, oh, and find yeah. those things out, right there's there's you want to figure out which which is the best microphone which is you can you can YouTube all of that stuff. But but don't even worry about how good your microphone yeah. is. Just yeah. buy a microphone. <laughs> so, but now here's the question uh, that, that I want to ask. With regards to, because you've got so many podcasts that you've done at this point. With regards to figuring out your the content, with regards to figuring out the interviews and what to ask and all this kind of stuff, is there a way that you've learned to put these together to get to really be able to um, maximize for your listeners what they're going to hear i mean yeah so I, I i think the key there is to listen to your audience and, yeah. and get feedback so with my podcast one of the highlights i would call it is um I always ask the guests to highlight a keystone deal so a deal that made a big impact on them and their business uh, and I get a whole lot of feedback on people just commenting on, you know, the certain deal that was shared on this episode, uh, because it's interesting, you know, to learn why somebody bought a certain deal. What did they see in the deal? How did they deal with the problems that came up? Um, I, I think that's a really good learning opportunity. Mm -hmm. um, and obviously, you know, when people share a deal that went wrong, uh, that, that's, that's when we get the most amount of feedback because you learn a whole lot from that. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I think that was good. Uh, the other things I really want to touch on are, you know, asking about their goals, because I think you learn a whole lot about a person based on the goals mm-hmm. they have um, and, and just how they think about the asset. Uh, because people, you know, on, on my show, you know, whether it's a apartment building or multifamily investor or mobile home parks, uh, everybody approaches real estate differently. Right? Like they have a slightly different take on how they view the asset. Mm-hmm. Uh, so just having getting into the, the mindset, uh, the mind space on, on how they're viewing it. Um, I think that's really important too. So, but you know, if somebody's looking to structure, you'll, you'll just have to, you have to do it by trial and error. You know, you'll mm-hmm. do one episode and say, Oh, that went really well. I had good flow. And then the next episode, you could follow the same flow, but different guests. Mm-hmm. And you know, you'll, you'll, okay. you will find some guests are really good at talking. Yeah. Some guests need to, it has to be teased out of them. Right. Um, so it all depends on the guest you have. I experimented with long form. So hour and a half versus half hour, right. uh, you know, is the, is, are my long form interviews better? Well, it depends on how you define better. Do we get right. in, into a lot more uh, deeper subjects? Yes. But does the audience want that? You know, you right. have to, you have to ask the market. So right. I, I would say that the number one thing uh, somebody should do if they're look, talking about format or how they should structure their podcast is talk with 10 people who might be interested in your mm. topic and ask them what they would like. Um, you know, you know, where do you listen to your podcast now? Where do you download it? You know, how, where do you listen to the podcast? Is it at the gym? What are you doing? Are you on the treadmill? If so, it should be less than half an hour because most people will be on the treadmill for half an hour or less, mm-hmm. or is it in the car? Uh, is it specific to a region? So if you're stuck in traffic in Toronto, you can probably do an hour <laughs> podcast or more. Yeah. Right. So you just have to ask the questions of the market and the market mm-hmm. will tell you the answer. It's like real estate investing. Uh, you know, should I uh, renovate all the kitchens in my building? Well, the, does the market support it? Is the market right. paying more for renovated kitchens? Right. Yes. Then, you know, so yeah, it's, that's probably not an answer somebody's looking for because they actually have to go out and do some work and start asking yeah. questions. Oh no, that, that was some great stuff there. Um, even, even just the, that, the basic point about talk with 10 people and yeah. find out what it, just right there, you would get some immediate feedback and because you think, Hey, I, I would like this person to listen. Um, Interestingly, I, I did do some of that research and um, I found that the, uh, the feedback I got was not anything I wanted. And uh, yeah. I actually scrubbed it anyways and said, no, I, I, for me, in my case, I said, I, I want to create this, um, I want to create this podcast. And uh, the, the portion that we start off with, with the leadership, getting to know you, I know a lot of people don't do it, but I was like, I want, I want that piece. I want that piece to get to know the person, to hear their story, because we can get into this part where you get into breaking down all the, the tips and tricks and all these things that you got into. But I want to hear about the man that, uh, you know, and how he thinks and how he yeah. uh, got through things. Because um, to me, that is, uh, to meet someone who has that kind of tenacity then allows me to take that into 
the all the tips and tricks and strategies and all that kind of stuff so i um we'll we'll find out if 254 episodes from now if i'm still here or not if people yeah. enjoy that but uh that that's that's the road we're going down um so uh so that's great stuff but i now i want to talk a little bit more about um your real estate side sure. um you know, unless there's anything else that you think, hey, if someone interested in a podcast, they should hear this. No, just do it. Like, yeah. That's, that's yeah, the just, main thing. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay, so real estate. Obviously, you've done a number of things, but when it comes to, um, when it comes to real estate investing, where, where do you, what do you talk about? Where do you, what do you teach? How do you help people in yeah. that realm? The number one thing, and I'll go back to a mistake I made. Oh, so awesome. uh, my, my mistake set me back 10 years. I, I swear yeah. it cost me 10 years in, in investing. Um, you have to know where you want to go before you can even decide what you're going to invest in. And I didn't do this. Um, and the reason it sent me back is you know, I, I was selling the residential products. So selling houses. So I was yeah you know, doing duplexes and condos and stuff like that. Um, and that's what I started acquiring for my portfolio. But I never once sat down and really thought about, okay, in 10 years, this is what I'm building towards. Mm -hmm. And, you know, when my son was born, and I really thought about that for the first time, I realized I was investing in the wrong type of real estate. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, th there is there's a limit on how you can scale a single family home portfolio. Mm -hmm. You know, we're, you know, the, the, the way single family homes are financed, um, you know, lenders have parameters and, and mm -hmm. it, the focus is on the borrower, not the asset. Mm -hmm. And the way these properties are valued, they're valued using the comparable approach, which mm -hmm. is where if house A on the street sells for this much and house B is similar, well, house B must be worth what house A is worth. Right. Um, that was not what I was buying did not line up with where I wanted to go. You know, I, I want to control a billion dollars of commercial real estate. Mm -hmm. uh, so is buying houses the best vehicle for me? Well, no, it wasn't because this the scale, it, it couldn't reach the scale I needed. Right. Um, I, I worked it out. I, I would have needed to buy a thousand houses to wow. hit my real estate goal. Yeah. I can't imagine owning a thousand housings, uh, houses, a thousand tax bills, a thousand, yeah. That doesn't make sense. Right. So, so then I realized, okay, well, if that type of asset isn't right for me, what type of asset will build something that will line up with my end result? And mm -hmm. the answer for me is multifamily real estate, so apartment buildings. Mm -hmm. um, but to go back to the question, that's step number one. Um, and whenever I'm speaking with somebody who you know comes uh, to me for advice or something like that, that's my number one question. What are we working towards? Mm -hmm. Describe your life to me. Where are you? What are you doing? Mm -hmm. um, because that will give you good clues. Now, you know, single family homes might be great for one person, but it might not be for the other. Industrial or retail or office space. Um, there are different ways of e even how you structure your portfolio will change. Mm -hmm. um, but it, it's all about asking, you know, we talked about the podcast, go to the market. Well, in investing, you are the market. So yeah. where you want to go will actually give you clues on how you should start. Right. Um, and I, I didn't do that. I regret it. It, yeah. it set me back a long time. 
Um, and uh, I'd probably be on a beach right now if I yeah. had 10 years yeah. ago, but it is what it is. So I, by, by all means, that, that is the most important question you have to ask yourself. Wow. That, um, I completely agree with you. And uh, it put me back 12 years in my journey. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. I, um, yeah. I read uh, Rich Dad, Poor Dad and went down, went down that road and, uh, but I didn't ask the question and uh, got into my first income property and then turned around and went, now what? And, yeah. you, you know, trying to figure it out. And then by the time I started figuring out those next steps, exactly what you just said, you go, oh, I did this wrong. Yeah. <laughs> And, 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 and real estate is a hard thing to, to get yourself out of a pickle, right? So, yeah. 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 I mean, it, it's true. They say you've got to start with the end in mind. And uh, that, that's really powerful advice. So uh, for people that are thinking about real estate, if they're, if they're talking to you now and saying, hey, I'm thinking about this, but look at the market. You know, or forget about uh, forget about investing in real estate. I'm just thinking about buying a house. Sh should I be looking at buying a house? Should I be looking at investing? What 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 kind of conversations are you having with people now? Well, it all it all depends. It like it all goes back to their goal. But you know, I'm a big believer. You know, there's always opportunity in real estate, no matter which stage of the market cycle we're in. Right. You know, if we're at the peak of the market, there's opportunity. If we're at the absolute bottom during the slump, there's opportunity. It's just yeah. It's just the strategies you use, or sorry, I, I should say the strategy remains roughly the same. It's the tactics you use that, that are different. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, I, I'm, a, I'm not a fan of the media when it comes to real estate because we, we're always sensationalizing the market. And, you know, oftentimes, like this is my biggest pet peeve. If you have somebody who is writing for the newspaper yeah. Uh, with with a, a big audience and they have a lot of power based on the words they write, but do they have a real estate portfolio? No. So why, why are they the expert to be able to impart their wisdom, quote unquote, um, about the real estate market and their projections? So I, I, I think if anybody's interested in real estate, it's really important to speak with somebody who's been in the game for a while, who has, if it's investing your own portfolio, if it's buying houses, somebody who buys a lot of houses, mm -hmm. um, because they'll be able to impart their wisdom and firsthand experience a way that the news, because the news always speaks in broad generalities. Mm -hmm. um, you know, an example, a, a residential example could be in, in 2017 in the greater Toronto area, we had the correction. You know, a lot of people got scared because they thought the market was crashing. But at one point in time, it was actually 13% cheaper for somebody who owned a townhouse to upgrade to a detached home if they're buying their, their family home. So, you know, while, yeah, prices are going down, but listen, like if, you've wanting, if you were wanting to upgrade your home, that was a great opportunity because you're saving 13%. Yeah. So this is where you always have to Take, take a look at what opportunities is the market giving me at this time and how can I take advantage of it? Mm -hmm. um, so, but, you know, if you're listening to the news, oh, the market's crashing, you know, real estate's done. Yeah. But then you spoke, but let's say you spoke with somebody who's experienced and they've been around and they're able to see these opportunities. You could have made a very educated decision and probably been uh, way better off in the long term for, for yeah. doing so. So 
that's my rant against the media. <laughs> you know, and, and I guess you could call me part of the media because I have a TV show now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we, we try not to talk about that type of stuff. Yeah, well, it's those are all great points. Um, you know, even strategy remains, and though your tactics change, can change. Yeah. Um, I, I can share that uh, during this pandemic, I had a number of people saying, oh, you know, what's going on? What's happening with the market? You, and, uh, and then other people saying, oh, you, you can't know. You can't know what's happening with the market. And um, I did a, so I went on social media and I said, yes, you can know what's going on with the market because it's only going to do one of three things. It's going to go up, it's going to go down, or it's going to go sideways. But there's nothing else for it to do, right? And um, uh, and but people want to make it into this complex, this it's, complex thing. And no, there's opportunities at the top, at the bottom, and everywhere in between. Yeah, you know, and, if you're prepared to learn. Yeah, and I think one of the mistakes, like since we're on like the residential topic, one of the mistakes yeah. I see with people when they're buying, let's say, single-family homes, duplexes, triplexes, yeah, they buy it with one exit strategy in mind. Oh, okay. so like, oh, okay, well, I'm going to do some renovations here and then I'm going to rent it long term. That, that is the kiss of death because the market can change. Right. So let's say somebody's uh, in the business of, uh, you know, flipping houses, let's say. So they're yeah. really active while well, the market shifts. So now they're not able to unload that product. Well, you know, they should have been thinking when they acquired it, well, what are my three exit strategies, right? You should always have three. So if I can't flip, now I rent for the long term. So I place long term debt on the property and I can hold it until we get to the other side of whatever we're facing. Yeah. Um, so I, I think that's a rookie mistake. A lot of first time investors or beginner investors make. You look at the grizzled veterans who have been mm -hmm. through a couple market cycles. You know, they're always thinking, okay, well, if this doesn't work, what else can I do? Um, and, you know, 2017 or right now during Corona, that's a great example of people. Lots of people get caught in the middle of uh, real estate projects, but it, it's, they've already ready. They've already thought, okay, well, what's my next step? Yeah. I, and they're able to, you know, you may still take a loss, but it's mitigating that loss and, and really, you know, minimizing the damage um, that, that it, uh, that the market can throw at you at any, any given point in time. Yeah. Wow. Um, <laughs> that's great. Um, okay. So, uh, that, that's, it, it, there's a whole, whole bunch of things there that I, I don't know if I can even fully capture all of that, but, yeah. um, definitely mitigating losses. Um, that that's on the re residential side. So, um, now what about, uh, you know, I don't know, uh, areas of commercial real estate and, you know, these kind of things. Where, where are yeah. you at these days on that? Yeah. So I, I'm involved in uh, syndicating large apartment deals. So that, okay. that's where, uh, you know, we, we partner with high net worth individuals. Did you see uh, that who, segue? I didn't even know about that, but we segued right perfect. into it. <laughs> so, you know, a lot of time, you know, whether it's, you know, doctors, lawyers, accountants, programmers, business owners, yeah. uh, they're making good income, um, but they're time poor. Uh, right? Because they're busy doing what they do best in their career, yeah. right? And I don't want anybody to stop doing what they do best because they're actually adding a whole lot of value to society yeah. and they're providing for their family. Um, but a lot of people, you know, in that high income bracket, they pay A, a whole lot of tax mm -hmm. and, and B, want their money working hard because at some point they want to retire, whether it's early retirement or they're building a nest egg or they want to pass it down to their kids. 
uh, real estate, commercial real estate is an exceptional vehicle for A, uh, minimizing your taxes through all the tax benefits, but B, earning strong returns while uh, being in a very stable type of asset. Uh, you look at you know, how multifamily or apartment buildings uh, performed over the past two recessions. They were the most stable asset and they recovered faster than every, every other type of commercial real estate. Mm -hmm. So if I'm putting my money in somewhere, uh, I want to make sure I'm putting it in an asset that performs well at the bottom. You know, right. all, all assets do really well at the top, but when times get tough, how is it performing? Mm -hmm. um, and that's what attracted me to multifamily real estate because rule number one of investing is don't lose your capital, right? You, mm -hmm. As long as you can preserve your initial investment, you can live to fight another day. But if you lose that nest egg, yeah. you know, it's game over for you. Um, so, you know, we, we partner with these high net worth individuals who are looking for the strong returns, the tax benefits, and that stability. Because a lot of people, they go to the bank, uh, they end up in mutual funds, stocks and bonds. Um, but those don't give you the tax benefits. They don't give you the stability, the leverage, um, mm -hmm. the ability, the, the things we can do with apartment buildings uh, using what's called the value add strategy. So we partner with, with these types of individuals and uh, you know, we, we take down these larger apartment deals, hundred units plus, yeah. um, and, uh, and we put the money to work. So wow. that's the fun part. Um, va value add strategies. Yeah, so um, a good way to think about this is uh, most people are familiar with uh, the flipping TV shows yep. uh, on yep. HGTV. Yeah. Well, well, basically, we do the same approach, but over a much longer time period and on a much larger scale. Right. So let's say we find an apartment building where the rents are under market value, so it's yeah. under rented. Uh, maybe the management isn't great um, or you know, the, they're not able to lease it up like they should. And the kitchens are a little bit dated and it needs new flooring. Well, we will go in, uh, mm -hmm. you know, run the property better. We will do the renovations we need, bump up the rents. And, and then whether it's refinance or sell the asset after, after a hold period, um, you know, that, that's how we make money. We're basically improving mm -hmm. real estate and getting uh, a return for it. And, and oftentimes the return is quite healthy. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Um... And so I'm just curious, how long does a project like that normally take? Yeah, so uh, typically we're, we're penciling in between a five and seven year hold. Mm -hmm. um, but then, you know, it all, we always like to be very conservative when we're underwriting these deals. Mm -hmm. um, but, uh, you know, somebody could get in, in a deal, it's happened before. And, you know, a year later, they get a very attractive offer. And basically, they're hitting close to their five-year projected returns in year one. Wow. So it makes yeah. sense to take that um, and then you can get yourself into another deal. Um, wow. I'll, I'll talk about two metrics. I, I think a lot of people, if they're interested in real estate investing, should look at. Now, number one is return on investment. So how hard is my money, my, my investment working for me? I, I would say generally a lot of people um, recognize return on investment. But what a lot of people miss is return on equity. Yeah. Um, so uh, I actually recently did a video on this. It's okay, well, let's say I, it even works in a residential deal. So let's say I invest $100,000 in the deal. I improve, I improve the property and now it's worth double. Uh, so my equity goes from $100,000 to $200,000. Right. Well, how hard is my equity working? Because that's how much equity I have trapped in this deal now. 
Right. Where a lot of people make the mistake is they don't take the equity they've built into the deal into account when they're working on their returns. So oftentimes it makes sense to either do a refinance or sell the property because now you can put your equity to work in a much better uh, vehicle uh, for, for the time. Right. Um, so that, that would be my advice. Don't only concentrate on the $100,000 you initially invested. Take a look at how much equity you have yeah. now and if it makes sense to sell or refinance yeah. or put that money somewhere else. Yeah. Wow. Um, so obviously not, not only do you not want to lose your capital, um, the kiss of death, but uh, you want to make sure that you have multiple exit strategies on, on any deal. I, you obviously already talked about in uh, multi-res, you talked about obviously being able to rent out properties, being able to refinance and obviously being able to sell as well. So a lot of different, uh, a lot of different, things to realize and consider in in dealing with all of this which you really help make that process you simplify that process by uh by being the expert in that space oh absolutely so if an investor is interested in investing yeah. uh, with myself or, or somebody else uh, yeah. in the space you know they're truly passive investing uh, because of the syndication structure, they're bringing the capital to the equation, the money. Yeah. Um, but that's all they do. They, they're bringing their capital and then we go to work and, and really make it, uh, you know, earn, earn their stripes yeah. and uh, earn some good returns. So yeah. it, it works out really well. You know, lots of busy, busy high net worth individuals. They know yeah. the benefits of real estate. They just don't have the time or the knowledge or the expertise yeah. to learn a whole new business. Yeah. So it, it makes a lot of sense. And a lot of investors I work with, you know, it's their time, you yeah. know, that, that, because we all have the same amount of time. And if they're working long hours, you know, they want to spend it doing something they want to do rather than yeah. you know, calling the property manager or yeah. dealing with brokers who don't want to talk to them because they don't have a track record and, and stuff. Like oh that. my goodness. I just figured it out. You found another way to be a referee. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. real estate. <laughs> <laughs> pretty much. Two minutes offside, yeah. uh, you know, to the contractor in the red. You know? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> that, that's hilarious. Yeah. Hey, I just, as you were just talking about that, uh, all of a sudden, I just got a picture of you wearing that referee's uniform, trying to get everyone to do what they're supposed to be doing. Uh, I, I should trademark that the the real estate referee. Oh my goodness! Yeah, I, I want uh, I want a percentage ownership of that. Uh, I'll I'll give you fifteen percent. <laughs> nice, you heard it here first. Um, okay, so um, all right, so we we've kind of we're starting to bump up on our time limit. So let me ask you a couple of questions here. So you've you shared a little bit about uh, what you where you came from, what you've done what you're doing, what's, what's kind of next on the horizon for you in the area of podcasting, TV shows, authoring, and real estate investor? Yeah, uh, great question. Um, I'm, I'm very happy with how the podcast is going right awesome. now. Yeah. Um, so so that, that'll continue to grow. And you know, yeah. the more people I'm able to reach, the, the better it is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then same with the, the TV show, uh, we're uh, filming, actually Corona interrupted uh, filming our second season. So we were like half done filming. Okay. Um, so we'll, we'll have to catch up on that. Yeah. Um, but in the grand scheme of things, uh, you know, in the next 10 years, I, I really want to hit that billion dollar mark of asset center management. Um, and of course, what's needed for that is a lot different than how I operate now. So I'll, I'll have a much larger team. 
Yeah. Um, but but that, that's the end goal result because at the end of the day, I want to be able to pass something along to my son, but not like the, the money's important because I don't, I want to be able to provide, but it's more the lessons that go along the way mm-hmm. um, that's most important. So, you know, how do you think about assets at that scale? You know, the importance of connections, of partnerships. Um, I think those are the, the business skills that I want mm-hmm. to be able to impart upon my son uh, yeah. rather than just the money. Like the money's nice, but, yeah. you know, w- without the skills that, you know, the money means nothing. Absolutely. Absolutely. So. Um, how, do you, how do you become comfortable with saying a billion dollars under assets? <laughs> well, you know what? You just have to talk with people where it's, they've already hit it. So it's not yeah. a big deal. Yeah. Uh, you know, it, I, I, th- I think, you know, going back to that whole goal thing, if, you know, actually this kind of touches on, you know, I made the, the joke that sometimes your parents don't hit, uh, solve problems mm-hmm. the way they should. You know, if your circle is, you know, they own one house and that's, that's the pinnacle of their ambition, um, you know, your ambition will be that. Um, right. So you have to get outside your circle and talk with people where, you know, own, running a billion dollar portfolio is a day-to-day occurrence. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, you will see things and it, it will just normalize the whole process. Yeah. And then, you know, I, I've got people now, uh, I've got one friend where he owns about 750 million and his goal is a billion. Wow. Um, but, but now he has to go farther and, you know, start talking with people that are worth 10 billion. Wow. Um, yeah. So you just have to level up. Um, but yeah, just hang out with people where it's normal yeah. <laughs> and it will become normal for you too. <laughs> wow. That, that's, uh, that's brilliant. Um, okay. So if someone, uh, wants to level up and they want to find those people, where, where, where would they find them? Well, listen to my podcast or listen there to your you podcast, go. right? <laughs> it's, you know, yeah. we, we have, or start a podcast and start, start interviewing them. Like they're out there and I've actually found that the more successful somebody is, the more willing they are to share. Now that doesn't mean that they'll pick up the phone and talk to you. Right. Um, But, but you you have to have some value. So starting a podcast, you know, that's a great way to be able to speak with these people or some, something similar or interview them for your blog. uh, Something like that. Um, But yeah, they're they're very, very generous individuals. uh, I, I find for the most part. Make sure you're finding a way to add value for them as well. If you're hoping to get, yeah, Yeah. that's powerful. Um, Okay. So a couple of things. So the, uh, the name of the, your podcast is uh, purchase to profits profit. That's right. You can can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google play, you name it. Ooh, Google play. Is that another platform? It is. Oh, I don't know it about is. that it, one. It, if you're on Android, uh, Google Play is a uh, definitely. Yeah. Oh, I've got to make a note on that one. See, I just learned something. There, there you go. <laughs> Google Play. I need to be on Google Play. Um, and uh, okay, yeah, purchase profits. Um, and then your uh, show is uh, Real yeah. Estate Simplified. Real Estate Simplified, yeah. You can uh, get it in the uh, GTA if you're living in the greater okay. Toronto area. Yeah. Uh, at some point I would like to go national. We're working yeah. on it. <laughs> so. yeah. That's great. Um, now you said you're going to be restarting that uh, for this season. When, when do you, th- when will it be back on air? Honestly, I have no idea right yeah. now. Uh, yeah. You know, we, we were, we probably filmed like six episodes and then Corona mm-hmm. hit. 
Yeah. And then they, you know, so who, who knows? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, okay. And then if, uh, people want to get a hold of you, maybe learn more about the syndication, this kind of stuff, how can they get it? How can they get in contact with you? Yeah. Well, the best way would be to go to callseth.com and you can set up a quick 20 minute phone call with me to talk okay. about real estate. Um, also you can find me on YouTube, uh, youtube.com slash Seth Ferguson. I post a video every week. Um, and then they can visit my website at sethferguson.org. Don't go to.com. That's an evangelical preacher guy. He won't talk to you about real estate. So sethferguson.org. Okay. <laughs> sethferguson.org remember that one okay that's great and if people want to uh hear you playing the bagpipes oh boy i i'm on youtube somewhere <laughs> but, but yeah just, just come out to some highland games <laughs> yeah that's great um you know i i hate to i hate to end the interview um uh, there's so much stuff here and there's so many different avenues that we could go down I'd love to still talk to you about assets and, you know, how you, how you see them. Cause you talked about a whole number of things, but I think we, we need to stop here because we're going to have to book another hour to talk about more of those things. And so I hope people really understand uh, the value of what you just shared. Um, I really appreciate it. I, I'm really grateful that you came on and um, you know, I think if people can have one takeaway, from hearing you, what would that one thing be? Um, just do something. Thanks for listening. Hey guys, thanks for listening to the Leadership to Wealth podcast. We've got much more coming up in the weeks ahead, but I want to ask that if you can take the time to give us some feedback, we really appreciate it. Really means a lot to me. And uh, if you just take just a couple of seconds, it really does mean the world. And don't forget to like and follow. We'll see you guys next time here on Leadership to Wealth.